Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido, along with Scoot. Hiya! And Johnson. There is more, you're not going to believe this, Transfer Portal to talk about. Transfer Portal. I'm so <laughs> done talking about it. Can we talk oh, about man. something else? I feel like it's week after week. It's just getting crazy. It's getting worse. I mean, every NCAA college, every D- Division One college is like throwing a tantrum over how how bad and well and isn't it funny how we sat here at the beginning saying maybe it won't be too bad and now it's like this tsunami of players in the portal do you think it what what does it say about like team and loyalty at at all scooty like is there any team loyalty left uh there is no loyalty because once the ncaa opened up this name and likeness business now guys are looking to create their brand, and if their brand doesn't get to play for 25 minutes a night, their brand is going to take their brand somewhere else. And Johnson, I look at the whole situation at Texas Tech, which is just a dumpster fire right now for that poor school, and I, I think about it in the sense of, did you choose to go to Texas Tech because you wanted to play for Coach Beard? Did you choose to go to Texas Tech because you wanted to be there for the fans? Or did you go to Texas Tech because you thought it was best for, like, you as an individual? And now you have, like, there's nobody left on that. There's no team left there. I mean, Texas Tech is, like, you talk about a school that has been decimated by this portal. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that's the one, Scoot, that's really informing my feeling on this whole transfer. So I may be a little bit woe is the situation because I've kind of been following this Texas Tech situation. And I think, I think we do to answer your question. I, for me, if I'm one of those guys that came in, I probably was either on the front end or I witnessed Chris Beard taking Texas Tech to the final four. I got excited about that. And he's a high energy guy to begin with. I I get there. I'm ready to go. I'm committed. Then not only him leaving because that's a pretty traumatic event for that for that program but i to me this all feels and it's the same way i was worried last week and and you spun it positive and i was proud of you guido but it's the same thing where like i feel like one key guy leaves or maybe two players leave and then it feels very precipitous it feels very like snowball you know i that's why i was constantly worried about we were kind of looking the other way on Deuce. Like maybe if we don't speak it into existence, he won't he won't go through the NBA process. And so my worry was when a guy like that leaves, then do you see others follow? I feel like this Texas Tech, not only Chris Beard, but it felt like one or two guys started to lean into the portal. Now you're they're on like four plus guys. Mac McClung yeah. now today announced he's going to and his scoot his twitter was kind of funny too to to me at least he was saying he's going to go through the nba process and oh by the way i'll be doing it in the transfer portal like he's just like, <laughs> like he's like i might i'm going to the nba with the possibility of coming back but not to you is pretty yeah, much what he said right it's like i it's ridiculous i just think it's it's crazy and i if i if i'm being 100% honest texas tech is not a school that guys will go to and say, man, that is a great school, not only basketball-wise, but sports-wise, and I'm going to get a great education there. It's just not that type of school. I think it um, was brought into prominence because Chris Beard put together a good program, good team, and got them you know, to the NCAA yeah. uh, Final Four. Prior to that, though, it was kind of a – like a stop for coaches on their way out of coaching. Like Bob Bobby Knight, Pat Knight, I think they were both there at some point and both coached at one point. I think one didn't Pat Knight get in trouble and Bobby stepped in or Bobby was coaching and Pat I stepped think, in. Something yeah. real weird. And then wasn't Tubby Smith there? Tubby for Smith a time? was there. Yeah. And then Chris Beard comes in. Chris Beard actually kind of comes in with some energy. He's a former 
um, assistant coach at other programs and he's got some energy and he wants to kind of establish his own thing, which was great. Now they've hired a guy that maybe is a great guy, but he's, um, as I described to you earlier, the Paul Pasqualoni of yes. basketball coaches. Like guys are just like, Oh, we got that guy. Very exciting. Right. Yes. Like he's not, he's not somebody that people are like, man, they got, that's a great hire. That's people aren't like hitting Twitter and, and, uh, Instagram and, um, Slack and saying, man, that's the guy we want. Well, Guido, they've had though, just to round that out. So they've had Mike just since, since coach beard has left for Texas. I mean, you know, like stepping off the plane, I feel like they've had Micah Peavy, Kyler Edwards, Marcos, Marcus Santos Silva. I think he was one of their better shooting guards. Um, and then they're now feeling like they have one of their blue chip recruits, uh, Jalen Tyson, thinking about opting out of his letter of intent. And that's on top of Mac McClung's announcement today. So, you know, I, I know there's probably other examples out there, but for us in the Big 12 and kind of the teams we follow to see how, you know, what we're going to be up against, man, they, they kind of feel like a mess right now. Well, and here's and here's the harsh reality of it. So prior to this year, the NCAA required um, a Division One player that's in one of the five so-called revenue sports to have a one-year in-residence is what they called it, which has meant that one year that you could practice, you could scrimmage with the team, um, you could play in exhibition games, uh, but you couldn't play uh, for regular season or or you know conference games, those kind of things. So that was put aside. So starting in 2018, there was talks already with this whole name and likeness thing. There were talks already about getting rid of that. And then the, the pandemic hits, the NCAA goes, hey, you know what? It's been a crazy year. You don't have to do that. And now the NCAA comes out today and says, well, we're reconsidering this and we will make a decision by the end of summer if we're going to just get rid of the whole year in residence thing for all sports. Because um, right now, like if you run track for WVU and you're play volley, play women's volleyball for WVU and you want to transfer to Penn State, you can do that without having to sit out a year. Right. But if you play football, if you play baseball, you know, if you play, you know, basketball, the revenue sports, you have to sit out that year. And so the the problem I have with it and, and my concern is, is that it doesn't affect football like I get it. You, it's going to add more people to transfer on a whole. But uh, like we had said before, like football's got whatever, 70 guys on a team. Like it yeah. doesn't affect football. Right. It decimates basketball teams. Like, you, I mean, and I know the Texas Tech thing is is like a way off the charts example. But even with us this year, you know, you have guys that I don't think, you know, Emmett Matthews transfers if he has to sit out a year. I just don't think he does. And I think once you get rid of that, you'll have more guys go, you know what? we're going to transfer to try to get more playing time. And it's going to create this almost like trade system or whatever you want to call it in NCAA basketball. Here's the problem. When you're in high school and you're the best player on your team and you're the man, chances are you're going to get, if you want to play at the next level or if you're talented enough to play at the next level, you're going to get looked at and you're going to possibly get the opportunity to play. Almost every guy on a Division One college roster was the man in high school. He was the the best player. And they're not used to coming off the bench. And you've got guys who, like, I mean, I know he's a walk-on, but look at Spencer Mackey. Averaged 35 points a game. Doesn't even sniff the floor. But because, I guess, I guess because he's who he is and he's he's just kind of gracious about it, he, he's comfortable staying in a program where he's a walk-on, where... You know, a guy like Spencer Mackey could probably go Division Two and play right away. He could probably go to a smaller Division One school and see the floor, maybe get a scholarship at like a, I don't know, like a Atlantic 10, 10 school or a, a Colonial you know, Association, Colonial Conference school. But, you know, it's it's that mentality where guys can't handle not playing. And they don't understand. So what that tells me is some guys can't handle being coached. And now it's you used to have those guys that would transfer that were problem children, and that's why they were transferring. Now it's the the water's muddied, right? Because you've got good guys and talented guys all trying to transfer. And so let me ask you this question. Do you think it brings 
almost like an NBA where you, you're going to start to see super teams where one or two or three guys, kind of like Brooklyn, where you've got Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie. Are they you going to get like two or three top college guys who say, you know what, listen. Let's all go meet together. Yeah, let's go to uh, Auburn University, play for Bruce Pearl. You know, like some random school that isn't typically noted for being a powerhouse. Let's hey, we're going to go to, uh, I don't know, Mississippi State, you know, and, and then all of a sudden become some kind of crazy. I, it's, I think it's possible, Scooty, because, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, you think these guys, they play AAU together. They play, sure. you know, you know those McDonald's All-American guys, they play that summer together. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey. Let's go all go to the same school. Let's all go, you know, wherever. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I feel like they could do that already though, right? I mean, they could they could kind of To an extent, you know, yeah, but now I think it's like doors wide open. Yeah. Right. You find you find the coach that will let you guys all go to the same place and play. I don't know. I it's 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 going to be if this passes and they and it's and it's like this forever. If it's like this every season, it's going to be so stressful because we're going to finish a season. We're going to have a good team like we had this year, and then next year you don't know what you're going to have. Well, it's going to be hard to really follow. I think part of the reason why people like college basketball and like college sports in general is you grow comfortable with the backstory. You get, There's a uh, human relations part to being a fan, right. and you kind of grow with certain guys for years. You know, you, you think of guys that you've had for four years in a program and you start to get to know their person, like Javon Carter. We started to get to know Javon's personality, you know, um, Derek Culver, if he comes back, we'll know Derek Culver for four years. We kind of know some of the things that set him off. We know some of the things where he's been really good. When you got guys that like the two transfers we have coming in, I don't know anything about them. Uh, Dimon uh, Kerrigan and is a Dimon or Diamond, Diamond. <laughs> and uh, Malik Curry, they might be great players. Don't know a lot about them. Don't know that, you know, where they had a great game or had a, a poor game or, you know, what their background is. So well, I, think and I, think it's, I think it's hard too, Scooty. Like you look at a guy like Malik Curry, who was, uh, you know, he's second team all conference for Conference USA. He was averaging 15 points a game, you know. He's a point guard, which is exciting for us. But you also go, that's Conference USA. Like, the competition he was against, you know, is right. way different than what he's going to see. Yeah, I think you're kind of compelled to do that with both of these pickups, right? I don't want to sell these guys short. But right off the bat, at first glance, I think you're, you know, it's easy to to just have that quick reaction. Now, you know, looking at these guys a little bit closer, I, I'm still kind of, to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, we need a point guard. I like that idea, and I think here's the thing. And I though. think the Kerrigan kid is is built a lot like Derek Culver. We talked about that a little bit over the last. We week. need a point guard if we have Deuce. If we don't have Deuce, and we don't have Taz and Sean McNeil, then all of a sudden we need a shooting guard because all we've got is Kedry and Johnson, really, or you know, and then the two freshmen coming in who we don't really know a lot about. So that's why I, I guess though, Scoot, I'm I'm painting it a little bit like to me i feel like sean and taz have a pretty good chance at least one of them coming back i unfortunately i feel i still feel like i'm in the camp where i think deuce probably isn't coming back so that's why i made the comment that i feel like we do need a point guard yeah i mean i think i'm with you too like i think i don't think deuce comes back i think he's got enough draft you know clout right now that he'll he'll try to go nba even if he is a early second rounder and I don't think – honestly, I think Sean comes back, and I think Taz goes and plays in Europe somewhere. I mean, Taz has played a lot of college ball now, and it might just be, you know, his want to go play and get paid. And, you know, and he can he will be able to do that in Europe for 60, 70 grand a year more than likely. I, I think the interesting thing about this – and I, you know, it's hard for me – I still want to be positive about it. I, st- I mean, losing Deuce is going to hurt. But I still want to be positive about the fact that, you know, we have a great coach. We have a lot of guys coming back. We have a lot of guys still coming back. Guys that were starting to look good this year and, you know, have a a lot of potential. And you always have to remember that some of these guys that we saw this year that I feel like Huggins forced to play, like the Kedrian Johnsons, you know, those in Huggins' world, like usually a transfer, a JUCO transfer, you know, he makes the team, but he's like a 9-10 
tenth guy. Like he doesn't see a lot of playing time. Huggins really starts like he did with Sean McNeil. He really starts to lean on those guys their second year at WVU. And so maybe we do see more from Kedrian Johnson out of that, you know, it being a second year at WVU. Yeah, and let me ask you this question too, just a one other thing. And Scoot and I talked about this a little bit over the week since last show, but what do you feel if, you know, we're going to lose like a Jordan McCabe to UNLV. We're going to, we're going to lose Emmett Matthews to another D one school. I'm, I'm confident in that. We're going to, you know, lose deuce to the NBA. So when we were talking last show and a little bit on the week before that, I was saying that my expectation and Guido, you kind of made the point that we're WVU. We play in the big 12. We should see some of that our way as well. So we lose some, some, you know, folks, but it's equitable because we get talent back. And then, uh, you know, I don't mean this to sound negative, but I'm just going to say it the way it's on my mind. Then we pick up a, a guy from Old Dominion. We kept, we pick up a guy from uh, UCF, right? That's Kerrigan. And so then do you feel like, I, I guess, let me put it this way. I'd be more excited if we then picked up a guy from UConn or we picked up a guy from Georgetown or we picked up a guy, to, you know, from a school where you went, Oh, they, another power they, five. Yeah, they a, a play big time division. Yeah, ones. they play really good ball at X University, and that's again, that's nothing against these two guys. I actually think they're going to be really nice pickups. But my fear starts to become: does that start to reflect on WVU having to play in this weird time zone conference, and you know, just stuff like that? Well, here's my opinion on it, and this, and this goes back to Bob Huggins, and I think that you know, a guy. A guy like Jordan McCabe or Emmett Matthews on it from another team, you know, a guy like Mac McClung, like everybody's going to, now that he's in the portal, you're going to see like every one of these WVU, uh, you know, blogs that are out there um, that rank us fifth out of all the podcasts, which I think we're first, <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. But they're all going to start writing these articles about, we need to recruit Mac McClung to come to WVU. You know, you're going to see it from everybody. Yeah, it, it'll be the I, easy I'm, thing. It'll be, to, it'll be the yeah. easy thing. But here's the thing. I think that Coach Huggins is not a guy who's going to recruit a Mac McClung. Huggins isn't going to want a guy who's going to want to come in and get 35 minutes a game his first season. That's just not how Huggins recruits guys. That's just not what he expects from guys, you know? Huggins wants – and we had this conversation before, and, and I agree with Scooty in the sense that, like, guys who recruit one-and-dones win more championships. Huggins wants to teach guys basketball, and I think that that's part of it. Like, Huggins wants guys to come in and practice with the team for a year. He wants, you know, Jalen Bridges to not go to prep school and come in redshirt for a year and then play because he wants him to learn the system, and he feels like he has a better opportunity to win if he does that, instead of getting these big names, instead of getting these Mac McClungs that are going to want to play the minute they step on the campus, Scooty. I agree with you. The only the only contradiction I have to what you just said was Issa Ahmad, as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, must have had some nudie pics on some of the coaching staff <laughs> because, for some reason, he slept walk. Slept walk? Slept, is that sl sleepwalk? Sleepwalked? Sleepwalked? Sleepwalk? I think Sleep he slept walk. and walked. Maybe he slept and walked. How do you do it in past tense? Time. I think he sleepwalked. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, he he barely had a pulse, and he was still getting 25, 30 minutes a game. And I'm not sure how. Isa was, I guess because everyone was we kept so thinking good, though. I mean, at some point he's going to explode and just be like, because uh, he's built like LeBron James, yes. he's going to be like LeBron James. And then he gets kicked off the team because guess what? He's not LeBron James and you can't sleepwalk. Well, all I'm saying though is when come on, you can't deny you have to at least meet me halfway here on the feeling that when I read, you know how much sports we all follow. Oh. And when I read no, I these know. guys going, Oh, X University has, you know, blank leading scorer into the portal and stuff i start give to me think, somebody from purdue yeah, you or, know, or right. indiana that's all i'm saying like can we get a rutgers guy for god's sake hey hey welcome to morgantown you know that's all i'm just saying like feel free to wind up in the coliseum that's all I'm give saying. us an old miss somebody that's come from a big school <laughs> i mean they're not even great but do you, basketball do you really programs believe, but the, like scooty do you really believe if a mac mcclung who's a guy i know you love like you don't even have to tell me like he is like your kind of ball player, i do like mac mcclung but like if a mac mcclung shows up for WVU next year. You think it helps WVU next year? Well, or you think it's more of a disruption? It depends. It depends on who's back. If we lose all the guys that are on the waiver wire, so to speak, then yes, he helps because then he's going to take his 
25 shots a game and get his 30 minutes. But if we have guys like Taz or McNeil or, you know, some group of those guys come back, then no, he was not going to fit in. I mean, it's not a good fit. But it, it would have to be where he comes in and is the scorer because that's what he is. He's a scorer. So we need a guy that would come in like that um, if we lose those other guys. Because if we lose those other guys, Jalen Bridges yet has yet to show me that he's consistent enough to be the man. I hear you. Uh, Derek Culver is not has not been consistent the last five or six games of the season. He at times was kind of a mystery to me. Then what do we got? If those other guys all leave, Gabe, he doesn't look like he's playing. <laughs> it appears as though he only played on the defensive half of the basket his entire career. And then when he gets across midcourt, it's like I know the ball all of a sudden becomes a hot potato. I also think it's NCAA basketball. I think you have guys in their second year in the program start to change and look different and play better. You know, yeah. so I think you see, you know, you see the Taj Thweets and you see the Kedrian Johnsons really step it up. You know, we still have really Thweet's seen. Taj going to have to play. He's going to have right. to play. He's going to have to play. Better, he better be good. Like, he doesn't have a choice to not be good because we are kind of pressed into service here. I, I just, uh, I think you're freaking out. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I'm on the edge of freaking out, but I'm not freaking out about it. You know, I just, I think that losing Deuce is going to be rough because that's going to happen, folks. Like. I'm, it's gonna just to mentally prepare you. It's going to now. Happen. Are you prepared to lose uh, an assistant coach? Possibly. Yeah. So Eric Martin apparently, allegedly, is interviewing for the job at Cincinnati, uh, which is his alma mater, by the way. Um, so that could be interesting to see him go and leave. Which uh, I'm I'm pleased in the sense that I didn't know he had head coaching aspirations. Uh, he must have been listening to you on last week's show. Is what I think. I've yeah, I was I worried. And I think that that I like Eric Martin of the of the coaches on the coaching staff. I I tend to believe that not that the others are not good, but I feel like he has been very good working with the bigs, and we've seen a lot of good growth out of our bigs. If you think about Sags and you think about um, Jonathan Holton and some of these other guys that we've had come through that that were all kind of big men, and he's kind of molded them and shaped them um, to be to be good shoot the fact that Senny Njai got on the floor this year and was able to at the very least sneak a couple of minutes in where he didn't um maybe look horrible is credit to Eric Martin because Senny Njai I don't know that he got a lot of minutes in high school because he was on uh, Huntington Prep so it's it's a good thing to have your guys be wanted by somebody else yeah and don't you don't you think too guido that i mean that's an easy to me if i'm making a, if i'm uc and i'm making a list doesn't that seem like i mean eric martin he's a good he's a good fit for them, yeah i mean very successful player while he was there he's an alum they still I, I don't care what anyone says they still um there's a lot of people there that still care a lot about coach huggins they, they probably they know he's been with hugs you know this whole time i mean to me it feels like it's it's someone that's easy to peg as a candidate for that. Well, job. and I think I think the the folks at UC are just dying to have you know that that program relevant again, and I think that getting back to the Huggins you know tree of you know coaching will make them feel like it's a good step in their direction. I think he's. I mean, I do. I agree. I think he's a great shoe in for that that role yeah and scoot i think too it goes back to your paul pasqualoni comment right i mean he's kind of i mean eric martin's not an old dude and he's someone who's still going to be relevant with kids that he can recruit i would right he played there he he was there when they were really good um he's connected to coach huggins which is when the last time they were really really good so i mean i think it's a good fit and that's a guy that um i think he's got enough of a resume to show hey look at these guys i i coached X, Y, and Z, and look at them now. Um, and I think that, you know, you look at uh, Joe Alexander. I would venture to guess that Eric Martin's influence on Joe Alexander helped him. Yeah. Uh, Devin Ebanks. Yeah, definitely. I would say that, you know. Guys that have made so, it to the NBA, absolutely. Right. So. so I think that that's a good thing. Well, we'll keep an eye on all of that. Uh, we also are happy to announce that we've got our preseason or whatever they call it, tournament. Not preseason, but it's that, that Thanksgiving week tournament has been announced. It is the uh, it is the Charleston Classic 
is what it is this year. It's a classic. Oh, guys. it's a classic. I like it's classics. A, <laughs> it's you a classic. guys love a classic. But it's not Charleston, West Virginia. I was excited when I first read it. I was like, oh, they're going to have something <laughs> oh, down friends there. Of Cole. The, yeah, the, we're going to yeah, have some right? friends of coal. No, no. It's Charleston, South Carolina at the TD Arena down there. Uh, will, this, November- will the floors be as sticky? No, I, mean, I don't think the floors will be as sticky, and I think it seats more people. But uh, that's if November. You, if you 18th. like those kind of things, if you I like mean. those kind of things, and it'll be it'll look good on TV. Um, that's November eighteenth, nineteenth, and twenty first. Uh, some decent teams in there, though, Johnson. Pretty happy with the the list. I yeah, think. I think so. I mean, I think it's interesting right off the bat that Marquette's on the list because Shaka, Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart. You know, just yeah. went up there. Temple's an old foe of ours. Saint Bonaventure as well, and then you have. Clemson and Ole Miss so to me that's a pretty good field now I got the impression eight teams pretty much rounds it out so I guess unless someone bows out or you know if COVID lingers you know by then I guess we could change but that should be the field is the way the article read Yeah, so that that'll be exciting we'll have more information on that as the season goes on let's uh, change over and talk a little bit of WVU baseball WVU baseball dropped two of three this weekend in Waco against Baylor uh, but you know, a couple of nice things just to just to talk about them. Uh, one is is the one the Friday night game was broadcast on ESPNU. Uh, so if you, if you didn't pay for ESPN Plus, you had a chance to watch WVU baseball, and uh, they did a really nice job. Um, a couple of things that were interesting to me is one, they like a lot of the WVU baseball players. They call them throwbacks, Scooty. A lot of those guys for WVU don't wear uh, batting gloves, and so yes. a niche a Schroff. Who was the play-by-play guy? I kept calling him throwback. Well, these guys are a bunch of throwbacks. So Wait, Scoot, no batting gloves makes you an old school dude. I guess um, I uh, I always wore batting gloves, um, partly because of the sting of the bat. And I played in Connecticut, so it's colder and the it's not as warm. So the bat is going to sting if you don't hit it square in the sweet spot, um, which you never uh, did. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> I usually <laughs> that is correct. And uh, I, I don't know, barehanding. Bear I just thought it looked, I looked cooler with batting gloves. So now, were you a one batting glove guy or two batting gloves? I well, to be honest, I was a one batting glove guy for most of my career up until about sixth grade, and then I decided to uh, get the second batting glove once I hit middle school. Oh yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I, and then of course I wore the batting glove in the field under my glove. Right. As well. Right. Because that's what you did back then. That's what you did back then. Nobody does that now. No, I don't know why. Why don't they do that now? I don't know. They also didn't have gloves where where your index finger could stick out. You had to do that on your own. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I thought that was interesting. It was fun to watch that. They they lost that game, but it was fun to watch that. They also, uh, though I should say, uh, gave an update, did a lot of talk, um, and even like a little video vignette about Weston Maisie and his recovery um, after the accident uh, um, at a WVU baseball practice. Uh, Amanda Maisie uh, tweeted out this week, too, an update about how he's now in outpatient rehab. He's out of the inpatient care. Um, and then I thought it, it was just really nice. They did a whole um, – and I don't even know who the other guy was, the play-by – the, the, the um, coach. commentator. Yeah, coach. They, they kept calling him the coach. coach. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I don't know what he coached. Coach. He might not even coach baseball. I'm not even. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, right. He might have just been like a you know a men's golf. Coach, could have been his he... first name. We just didn't know. <laughs> but anyway, could have been. Could have been like Coach Smith, and that's yeah. his like real first name. That's He's not really a coach. coach. No, his first name was just Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they did a really nice job. Uh, nice little video vignette uh, with Weston Maisie, the hashtag Team Whammer stuff. And then, um, you know, going through the whole thing with that. So I thought I thought that was nice to get a little national broadcast uh, for that out there. And then on Sunday, WVU beats Baylor in Waco eight to five or excuse me, eight to four. And uh, that was Randy Mazie's 250th win at WVU. Yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, I think once again, Scoot, we we are blessed with. You know, it. I guess it wouldn't make sense to have the Randy Mazie like foul line or something you know foul at, pole. at the biscuit basket the Maisie pole like yeah. the, like the well, instead of the pesky maybe pole, we can they do can... that yeah I, that's a great idea we need to sell yes, that definitely that's the next that's got to be the next got your ears on shirt we got to get the uh the Maisie pole like the pesky pole or or the randy Maisie dugout no that's not as exciting okay. i think the Maisie we'll pole do, flows we'll a little better Scoot, there's nothing exciting about a dugout yeah, dugouts aren't that exciting. Foul poles are kind what? of exciting. Foul poles are yeah. exciting? Yeah, if it's yeah. a foul pole, it's still no. out. Come on. 
it's, it's exciting. exciting. All Listen, right. they put Anyways. a Chick Fil A thing on the foul poles nowadays. Yeah, case in point. Case That's in point. Oh my God. It's, it's foul poles are cool. I mean, how much um, more do you want? So, congratulations to Randy Mazey on his 250th win. Jackson Wolf looking good though this season for WVU Scooty pitching pitching up a storm. Yeah, he's uh, an Ohio native. Um, he's kind of the the one guy that seems to be really consistent. Um, they they talked a little bit on the broadcast of how he throws for a big guy. He's about six four, six five. He throws um, kind of at a weird slot angle for his arm. It, it's pretty deceptive, but uh, yeah, he's been decent. Yeah, he's three and three right now with a three ERA. Um, so after starting seven games. Um, and he's leading WVU with 45 strikeouts this season. So um, doing really well uh, for him. WVU plays Marshall this week on Wednesday in Morgantown. That game's on ESPN+. And then Texas Tech comes to town over the weekend for three games, uh, Friday through Sunday, also on ESPN. WVU is 12-14 and 14 right now overall with 4-5 and five in the conference. They're right in the middle of the pack of the Big 12. So I, believe Marsh, okay. I believe Marshall is on their way to being 0-12 in Conference USA. I think the last time they won was when they played WVU the first I thought time. you were going to say the yeah. Reagan administration. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Yes, they're, they're one win that they've had this in the past like month and a half is against WVU when we went down to their Little League field in Huntington and played. So um, they're coming to Morgantown. That game's on ESPN+. Plus. Definitely check that out on Wednesday. A little bit of football talk, guys, uh, just, to, just to talk a little bit about uh, Coach Brown. So they had a scrimmage this week. Tony Mathis came out and did a really good job in the scrimmage, scored two touchdowns on an, and, and had 80 yards, um, just kind of pushing Letty Brown a little bit there, you know, making sure that, that there's somebody that can fill in that role if Letty goes out. I want you to read your next note specifically for Scoot. So, uh, Scooty, Coach uh, Brown talked a little bit about the quarterbacks this week, um, and he talked about how this season they've been really working on with Jarrett Dagey to be a little bit more nimble in the pocket. And, uh, you know, so he's been practicing some pocket movement, getting out of the pocket, throwing on the run. Um, and that Garrett Green's been pretty impressive doing that, but he sometimes gets himself in trouble. So... Uh, they've been really working with Deggy on that, you know, pocket movement, Scoot. That's uh, that's code for Jarrett Deggy's going to be our starting quarterback. Yes, it is. Also code for, uh, hey, Scoot, stay on the bus. Don't even get to the base camp. Just <laughs> stay on the bus. Yeah, that's why I bring it up. I think you better, like, if you, if you uh, haven't, like um, – gone ahead and set up your coffee area and in the don't tent. we have two like, more years of daggy uh that's a fair question i actually don't know that's off a, the top of my head i think we I, have two more years yeah because last year was a free year i think you might be right Scott. yeah i think because he's be not right. going pro no not even cfl two pro. more like, years he'd be lucky to make it in the arena league kind listen of pro. if i'm garrett green or goose crowder and I start to catch wind that they're going to go this Daggy route. I'm definitely sticking uh, not just my toe, but my entire foot in the transfer portal. But because why but, would but I can stay? Can you also remember back though? Let's let's just remember back. Let's go back in time to the Texas Tech game two years ago or whatever it was when Austin Kendall was our starting quarterback and Scooty was like, I'm so tired of this guy. I'm old man cranky about Austin Kendall. They need to put this Jared Dagey guy in. And now Jared Dagey's yeah. been in for a year and a half and Scoot's like, That's I'm so because, tired of this guy. Listen, like, <laughs> when we're comparing the two, Austin Kendall is not as good as Jared Dagey. Somebody else has got to be better than Jared Dagey. I don't know who I'm that just, is, but it can't be. Saying, he it could, can't hey, be listen, Dagey. I, I will say I will say this, Scooty. I'm gonna I'm on the bandwagon. I'm not a big Jared Dagey fan either. I'm with you. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I'm just saying that I think Jared Dagey this year will be on a short leash if Garrett Green is looking good, especially in in fall practices. I think Jared Dagey will be on a short leash. Just like Austin Kendall was on a short leash. Yeah, I, I think ago. that's the most reasonable assessment, Guido. I I was going to say the exact same thing. I think, it, Scoot, regardless if you're in love with it or not, I think Jared Tiggy gives us the best chance Let's, probably. But he will be like, the hook will be prepped. Like, you know how yeah. we have a get back guy? We'll have like a guy with a giant hook and he'll just be prepped 
would like to get it Listen, out there here's, and, and scare like one of the shepherd's canes. He's yes. going to put that shepherd's one cane out there and just yank Jared Degio. Shepherd's cane guy. Listen, if, if we're not going to give these other guys a shot, because it sounds like we're not going to give them a shot, Garrett Green or Goose Crowder, then let's just run the three running backs out in the backfield the entire time. Just rotate. I don't give a crap who stands behind the center. It could be Sparrow, then rotate, put Brown, then rotate and put Matthias or Mathis behind him. And that's what I would do. And because I guarantee you, one of those three guys can throw the ball 10 yards on a slant. Come on, because that's all Deggie's going to do. I'm going to predict. I'm going to go into the future now, Johnson. I'm going to predict what our most exciting uh, episode of our podcast is going to be okay. in the fall. It's going to be the the September 12th, the week of the September 12th podcast. Yes. Because that's the that's the week after we play Long Island, University of Long Island. <laughs> and so Garrett Green's going to play yes. more than half of that game. Yes. What, Long Island. Long Island. That's how you would pronounce it. Long Island. And so Garrett Green's going to play more than half of that game and then Scooty and he's going to and he's going to throw like yes. seven touchdown passes. Right. Because I didn't even know University of Long Island was a thing. And as long as he talks a little bit of yak, yeah. I'm all about and it. And Scoot is going to be off the charts that week. So yes. just mark your calendars now, folks. That September 12th week is going to be a, good call. a phenomenal episode. That's exactly what's going to – he'll be the most – He'll be the most popular person on the football team after the second half of the Long Island game. Long Island. All right, well, listen, guys. Oh, and uh, in other news, just before we wrap up this segment, Carl Joseph, congratulations to him, not coming to Pittsburgh as was previously expected on our show, re-signed with the team that drafted him. He's going back. Well, it's not to Oakland. It's technically Las Vegas. The going Raiders. back with the Raiders. Yeah, the he's, Raiders. He, on his Twitter account, he said, once a Raider, always a Raider. So good for him. That's pretty cool. I mean – I don't know that that's true, but okay. I mean, I like him in the silver and black. I think that was, I think that's cool. I'm glad he gets another shot with them. That'll be great for him. So, well, listen, guys, let's take a quick break. We are going to come back in segment two with a special guest and talk candy. That's what we're going to do. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, you can find us on the social medias. Look for us online at Got Your Ears, both on Instagram and Twitter. You can also search Facebook, Got Your Ears On. Guys, segment two this week, we've got something fun to talk about. I think Scoot's super excited about this. FanDuel came out this week with a candy bracket. So, like, your March Madness bracket, but it's got candies listed on it. Yeah, they're going to do... They're going to break down this candy bracket. So I thought, you know, what we should do in order to, you know, be able to coherently and intelligently talk about this candy bracket is we should bring in our food correspondent, W. Brian Cloney, at The Brian Cloney. He's coming in. He's uh, not only is he like knowledgeable about food. He's I mean, he's like a food genius, guys, as we know. He is also a Jose Canseco super fan. So you can also ask him questions about Jose Canseco. Please do. Uh, Mr. Cloney, thank you for for joining us. It is a privilege. Thank you. Yes, it is a privilege. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> is it Johnson, our privilege or your privilege? That's uh, up for debate. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out shortly. That's segment three. <laughs> what, was it worth appearing on this podcast? <laughs> All right, Johnson. This week, this uh, this bracket dropped, and you had some pretty. Uh, hardcore opinions about it. yeah well our buddy uh at jm kreitz um brought it to my attention because he had submitted a bracket and i started looking at his response and i was like yeah this isn't even a contest so let me just i'll link to it in the show notes um but if you haven't seen it like guido said it's FanDuel candy bracket i'm just going to run through really quick some seeds guido just some of the we can maybe go down each part of the bracket but just quickly, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups gets the one seed. I think that makes sense. Uh, all the way down through, let's see, Whoppers were the 16 seed. And so Fandle was asking on Twitter, fill this out. Tell us who you think wins the bracket. I think there's no contest. It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. 
all day. No, 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 no way. All day. No way. Well, let's go through top to bottom. So, so uh, clone first round one. You've got you've got Reese's peanut butter cups up against Whoppers. Like to me, this is your classic. Like there, there's no. There's no chance of a Maryland Baltimore County UVA here at, at like at all. I mean, no way. There isn't. Uh, Reese's clear runaway winner there, but I feel Whoppers may have been uh, shafted with that 16 seed. I agree. I agree. Whoppers are underrated. They are underrated, but I think Reese's runs away with it. They're playing uh, the back of the bench early. So then you go to the winner there faces an 8 9 matchup. And I think to me, Scooch, you've got to agree with me here. You go, Twizzlers is an eight, very high in my opinion. Snickers, a nine. Who puts Snickers in the nine? Like that's, to me, they must have had a really bad conference tournament or something prior to getting in here because that makes absolutely no sense to me. If they win, they're rewarded by having to face the cups. Like that's absurd. Well, you you think you would think that there would be a, a coin flip, right? Typically in your eight, nine matchup. Uh, I don't see it as a coin flip. To be fair, I'm going to say I like Twizzlers a little bit Whoa, better than what? a Snickers. Oh, hey, I do. Man. That's true. Snickers, Snickers should have easily been a three seed. Yes, and they definitely got least. shafted. Wait, I I like a Twizzler better than a Snickers. Colony, what are your thoughts on this match? Well, Snickers obviously coming back from being dealt the death penalty for some recruiting violations, but they are obviously. Should be in the top five seeds, and Twizzlers that that's a sixteen seed. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a they're not even a scrappy mid major. You can make it a straw. You can make a Twizzler a straw. When was the last time Scooty picked licorice for anything? He exactly. picks Twizzlers. Scoot, we have yeah. talked in depth about the just absurdity of licorice, and you're gonna try to tell me it's that's better than a nine seed Snickers. I don't like the Snicker. I don't like the Exactly. Snickers. Like, who right. even let them in here? Now, I feel like, Johnson, this next matchup, the 5-12 matchup, kind of hit you a little hard. Yeah, this is really what got my attention on this whole bracket. So, first of all, if you even know what Swedish fish are, you're, like, you're ahead of me, kind of, because I'm trying to think of the last time I ever even ate Swedish fish. FanDuel ranks them a 5. Yes. I mean, that to me, that's the seeding just absurdity of the whole bracket they're like the chicago loyola of the bracket don't bring sister jean into this (laughs) i i feel i'm gonna say this johnson and i and i mean this um the nicest way i can i think it's your xenophobia that is forcing you to not like this the swedes oh um I'm not a big Junior Mint fan. I feel like that one should maybe be a 16 seed. I don't know. It comes in a box. It's I don't even kind know. of a weird how did, Mint, how did Junior Mint get on this bracket at all? I mean, like, Junior a, Mint is like what my grandfather ordered when we went to the movies when I was like four. Like, who puts Junior Mints up there? It's a movie snack. They put the picture of them in the box or on the box. It's uh, kind of a uh, York Peppermint Patties. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, ugly stepsister, if you will. Where's the senior mint? I mean, I think Junior Mint's chocolate. So take the fact that they're named horrifically out of the equation, okay? Don't think of their name. Just think of the fact that they're they're chocolate and mint. That's a classic. That's a classic combination, right? So Swedish fish skewed as someone who's been to Europe the most on this current <laughs> Zoom call. I take offense to the fact that you think xenophobia plays a part here. I think. <laughs> I think Swedish fish come in here. First of all, they're lucky to be in the tournament, and then they're just happy to be a five. Lucky to be in the tournament. That's a great movie time snack. Listen, Swedish yeah, I'm, fish. I'm Swedish fish all day on this one, guys. Listen, yes, yes. Sweet, Swedish fish has a couple things against them. One thing I rate with candy is how many can I fit in my hand and throw in my mouth? Swedish fish, you can't. It's got a weird shape. Then... Once you're done eating a handful, they're all over your teeth. Yes. What's the next move there? That's, right. That, this. I call so you think the junior mint one. wins? Junior mint, you can take a big old heaping handful. You have nice minty breath when you're done. It's it's a no brainer. This this should they should yeah. be a twenty five. I mean, I went with a I went. They were my they were my twelve five upset here, Scoot. Yeah. This yeah. Going to the next round or going to the next one, you've got uh, Kit Kats ranked a fourth, Johnson. With Jolly Ranchers a thirteenth, 
I take Jolly Rancher in the upset. Yeah, here. well, see, to me, this is another example of who seeded this. Like, did the, did the people from Sweden seed this whole bracket? Because Jolly Ranchers are way too low at a 13. I mean, I, I actually think you could, in some cases, flip-flop these seedings, and it would oh still make goodness. sense to me. Kit Kat, Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk. I don't know they They're a heavy uh, dark horse to win the whole thing, the Kit Kat. This is when I start getting the Loyola Marymount vibes. Right here. You, th- you think, you Kit think Kat, a, a Jolly one, Rancher? No, the one the Kit Kat, that's one of the most delicious things ever is the Kit Kat Blizzard from Dairy Queen. Oh, yes, I agree. Now, my local Dairy Queen stopped making it, so I hate them, but <laughs> I still want to see Kit Kat go far in this tournament. Well, and Clone, don't you think whoever wins this then sleepwalks through the Swedish Fish Junior Mints winner? Yeah, I mean, they're not even on. playing this. The yeah, starters. come on. Like, don't even show up. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll send the JV team. Next up, you've got number six ranked M&M's against a number 11th ranked, nondescript, no brand name, Gummy Bears. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing here? To mm. me, that's kind of an insult to M&M's are to think regular gummy bears. Gummy bears, like, mini gummy bears. Like, are they Haribo? the gummy bears that you get like at CVS and like the, yeah. the CVS brand bag? Is that what that is you're getting there? How do you go name brand and then all of a sudden throw in a non-name brand thing? Everything else like is a name brand. Penny candy gummy bears, you know, like when they've been sitting in the, the somebody like one kid left the door open in the penny candy, and now all the gummy bears are dried out and hard. Like, come on. I'd be more, more, um, I guess, I expecting to see like a Good and Plenty or a Mike and Ike's there. Then maybe they got left off the. Uh, uh, maybe they're the first four out, but uh, the gummy bears got in. Connie, how do you feel about the the Eminem gummy bear matchup? Uh, I probably side more M&M's, but I think this is a lot closer than than I would like it to be. Yeah, I think what hurts M&M's here is you go plain M&M's here. To me, I'm a peanut M&M guy. I think that spices yeah, that, it up a bit a for that story. six seed yeah. to me. But and then and then next up, we've got one that's kind of again back to these who ranked these ones. You've got a number three ranked Twix against a 14th ranked Milky Way. I like a Milky Way bar. Yeah, I I do too. I, I like a Milky Way. I feel like they're poorly seated for sure. They are a f- top five. Milky Way is a top five. But I'm going to tell you right now, Twix is taking it to the house. Twix is going to be in that final that final matchup. You think so? I'm telling you right now. You've got a cookie with a caramel and then a chocolate covering. Oh, it's so good. Coney, what are your thoughts? Uh, Milky Way, I always thought, was kind of the store brand Snickers. I'm not... Not buying it. I do like Twix, so I think they they have a pretty easy time with this one. You can't handle nougat. That's the problem, yeah, clone. A, yeah, questionable stomach sometimes. You got something. You got something wrong with. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's the caramel battle right there, Twix and Milky Way. Uh, moving on to the next one, you've got a number seventh ranked Skittles against a tenth ranked Sour Patch Kids. I'm a Sour Patch guy. I think Sour Patch pulls out the upset on this one. Uh, if you wanted to make the wrong pick, that's what you would say. I think Skittles all day taste the rainbow into the second round, Guido. Scooty, what do you think? Uh, on this one? I mean, this is a bad matchup. This is a throwaway game to me. Um, I don't like either. Uh, Skittles is a very chewy mess. It, if you hold them in your hand too long, your hand looks like a rainbow. Uh, the Sour Patch Kids, it's a, it's a gimmick. It's a phase. It's, it's, it's not a real candy and people aren't like, Hey, I got to get me some Sour Patch Kids. They're not like that. Nobody says that you do it because you want to say, Hey, try this cool snack and you put it in your friend's mouth or you don't put it in your friend's mouth, but maybe your friend puts it in, <laughs> whoa, whoa. maybe your friend puts it in their mouth or your mouth and then you're just doing, you're just watching them to see their reaction. Sour Patch Kids is a reaction candy. Yeah, it's I mean, not something on, you're not eating 12. for pleasure. Like, let's, yeah, but you is... gotta you gotta admit, Cloney, when you get to the bottom of the Sour Patch bag there, once you've eaten all the Sour Patch Kids, you get all that like sugary goodness that's still there in the bottom. You get that in you know, take on. I, I do appreciate that. And th- this one's a slugfest here. This one goes back to my when eating candy, how many can I fit in my hand and then in my mouth? Both of these, multiple handfuls, and then I always find like when I eat too many of these, there's always that regret. Like I probably, you know, Get that your mouth all feels weird. I probably ate too many Skittles, ate too many Sour Patch, so it's a slugfest. I, I think it's a pick 'em for me. I probably lean a little towards Sour Patch Kids. Oh, wow! All right, all right, and then the slugfest. In the final matchup, we've got 
a number two ranked Starburst Johnson against a 15th ranked Nerds. Well, and so, Scoot, am I supposed to believe that Starburst is a two? I mean, Starburst look, we is all, not a two. I mean, look, no. we all, Starburst, no they're good kids, right? Star, they're, they're good kids. It's a good club. You know, okay. But am I supposed to believe they're a two? I mean, can we call them what they are? They're a square Skittle. Essentially, yes. Okay. I mean, no shell, but a square skittle. Yeah, I can get on board with that. But if I'm Snickers up there at a nine, like I'm, I'm lodging a protest. I feel like against this two seed Starburst. Yeah, something's wrong there. You think you think Snickers should be a two? Yeah, I think it's top. I think it's definitely top three, four. No way is it a two. No way is it a two. No, like like American candy. What about all these people with peanut allergies? Do you think maybe that maybe somebody with a peanut allergy maybe put this bracket it's, together? It's worth well, it. it's it's. Well, I mean, I mean Reese's peanut butter is one. So, so break break this one down for us, Coney. Where are you at on a number two ranked Starburst and fifteenth ranked Nerds? I mean, I do love a underrated candy Nerds rope, but I think Starburst uh, does run away with this one. But I agree that they should not be a two seed. They should be maybe eight, nine, ten, but definitely not a two. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely hear you there. All right, well, let's let's jump a little further ahead in the bracket. We're down to the final pair, guys. Who, what what two candies in this bracket are battling it out for the number one candy uh, in the land for this year, Scoot? What what two candies do you take into the final game? I I like. Well, I'm gonna th- let me take a quick gander at my bracket here. I, I'm gonna have to say uh, the Twix on the bottom side of the bracket gets to the final, and oh, that top. I'm gonna have to go Kit Kat. Kit Kat versus Twix, and that is a toss-up. Uh, but I think the Twix is going to come out ahead. Uh, that that caramel is going to propel it. I mean, when you look at a Kit Kat, it's a uh, chocolate-covered wafer, right? Am I not right in saying it's a chocolate-covered wafer? But I, I think the Kit Kat with the cookie, with the caramel, with the chocolate covering is a – is they, they have them where you have left and right, one for each little sandwich clamp. Left hand, right hand, bam, bam. I hear you. I hear you. Scoot, for me, I, I mean, I had Jolly Rancher taking it deep into the final four, but Reese's Peanut what? Butter Cup just runs away with that side of the bracket. I think they're definitely in the final there. Uh, on the other end, it's it's hard for me to pick against Twix on that bracket, but I actually think you got a little bit of a upset with Starburst taking it to the final game against Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, my. What do you got, Johnson? Well, I think my final four here would be Reese's, uh, Kit Kat, Twix, and Skittles. And I think Scoot's trying to sell me on this Kit Kat. Kit Kat is the Houston Cougars of this final four. I mean, they're going to get there, but then they're going to get housed by the peanut butter cups, right? I mean, it's not even going to be close. And then, uh, you know, Skittles are going to be there, but they're overachieving. Twix are, they're going to knock them out. And then I think if you if you give me peanut butter cups and Twix, it's peanut butter cups all day. I mean, I, I think they were the only adequately seeded candy in this whole bracket, and they win, they win easily. I mean, they are kind of like the Gonzaga of this bracket. I mean, that, by, 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 for sure, for sure. Claudia, what do you think of uh, the final pair? I think top bracket? four, Reese's, Kit Kat, Twix, Sour Patch. I think it comes down to Reese's and Sour Patch, and but I think oh. Reese's runs away with it. It's it's a it's a no brainer. Oh my goodness, Sour Patch I mean, to the final. Sour Patch to the final. That's a gimmick candy. Gimmick candy. They've been around for like a hundred years, probably. I feel like it was uh, derived from the uh, Sour Patch kid, the 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 Sour Patch kids, the sour. What is the the stupid cards? <laughs> Garbage Patch? <laughs> Garbage, Garbage Patch. I just yes. wanted to hear you say the words Sour Patch and Kids one more time <laughs> in a row. The Garbage Pail Kids. That's what it is. It's uh, it's the candy version of those. I mean, maybe it's not a good candy to feed to your friend, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, you might not want to put it in your friend's mouth, but yeah. I mean, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it in my friend's mouth, but if somebody might want to do that, Scoot. You never Scoot know. might. Yeah. What yeah. I, what bothers me? Uh, two things that were missing from this bracket. Okay. One, um, a crackle. Where's crackle at on crackle. this? Crackle. I mean, I think crackle. They're they're watching from home. Yeah, the Hershey's little mini ones. Like a like get... a Nestle's crackle bar. How about something like that? Yeah, I can or, think of several. Or um, I mean, you could always go with the Hershey's bar itself. Yes. Yeah. A uh, Mister Good bar. I like a I like a dark chocolate. No. 
Well, you guys know where I'm going to come from on this. I mean, obviously, I have a problem that there was no Jelly Belly Jelly Beans listed on this bracket. Oh. I mean, well, they, they were in well, the first four out. They yeah. they lost to Gummy Bears. I, I mean, I think that's how that they're went. They're in the NIT. I think this bracket, uh, whoever made it up, was older than six. So that's why the Jelly Bellies did not make it in the bracket. <laughs> Because yeah, that person is older than six years old, and that's the last time anyone should really like jelly beans. That's another one where you can't go with a handful because you get all those weird flavors. And yeah, deeply regret. And you're it. gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get that one that tastes like licorice itself. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks to W. Brian Cloney, our food correspondent. You can find him on Twitter at the Brian Cloney. He is also a Jose Canseco aficionado. So if there's things you need to know, want to know about Jose. Uh, Cloney, you're the guy to hit up on that. Oh, yeah. Next time in Vegas, I'm going to go by his car wash, see if I can find him. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior the Weekend Warrior, and the Outdoor Warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For Warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. We have a merch section there and plenty of other stuff, right, Johnson? Yeah, the link to the merch store is right there on the site, along with our latest blog post for this show that will have links to everything we've talked about, probably some stuff we didn't even get to. Uh, and you can listen to the show right in the sidebar link as well for the tune in link. So check it out. Yeah, check it out, Got Your Ears On. Com. Well, every week we allow Scooty to go and play on his phone while he watches a plethora of girls' volleyball games, and he comes back to us and reports something interesting that he found on the internet. And it's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears! What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Okay, fellas. Well, this uh, story comes to us from the realm of college, which we talk a lot about college sports. Yep. All three of us are college graduates. Uh, so uh, I think this kind of hits close to home. Uh, when you applied to school, Guido, out of high school, how many colleges did you apply to? Uh, four, four colleges. Okay. How about you, uh, Johnson? Yeah, I think I remember when I took my ACTs, I think they allowed you to send three immediately after the scores were tallied. And I remember I did WVU, Shepard, and Hawaii. Did you really do Hawaii? I did. <laughs> did you really yeah, do because Hawaii? We I, I thought just, you were going to say MIT and Harvard. No, probably <laughs> just as much chance of getting in those. Um, but I, I, we had just been on a family trip to Hawaii, and we had been by like, um, what's the? Uh, they always have Shamanad. They have the yeah, like the basketball Maui, tournament there. Yep. The, yeah, Maui, I, the Maui Classic. And, and if you so will. I was like, what the heck? That was a cool place. That would be, you know, you're 17. You're like, hey, let's go, let's go to college in Hawaii. I have to, I have to ask, did you get accepted into Hawaii? You know, I don't even remember. It was oh like my. I honestly don't even remember. I think I did, but uh, let's just say Dad was not interested in paying out of state tuition to the state of Hawaii. So yeah, I would right. imagine the trip alone, back and forth, would have been enough to, <laughs> right. cost wise, to have my parents say not a chance of you going. <laughs> like, forget about paying for the school. Right. We can't even pay for you to go there. Right. We can't just even get you there. I uh, I applied to six colleges. Uh, okay. Got accepted to all six. For some odd reason, three were state schools in Connecticut. And three were state schools in Vermont. All right. Why Vermont? I have no clue. <laughs> I really don't know why Vermont. I, I don't know. But I applied, got into all three or all six. And then, again, like Guido, I chose the one that gave me the most money. And the, I wanted to get away from home. So I took one of the three from Vermont. So that's where I ended up going. Um, the reason why I ask this is... Uh, this past week, uh, there seems to have been an issue. Now, let me ask you this, I guess, before I even get into the story. 
were any of you worried about your acceptance? Were any of you worried that, man, I don't know if I'm going to get in or I'm a little worried about, uh, you know, the application process, anything yeah, like that? Guido? No, scoot. Smart, no. Uh, smart cookie. Okay. Confident. Well, um, yeah. the reason why I ask is because the University of Kentucky okay. mistakenly sent out 500,000 college acceptances. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yes. A technical Whoa. issue oh my goodness. caused them to send half a million high school seniors an acceptance email to the wow. University of Kentucky. <laughs> um, apparently, there was a specific program that they were supposed to be sending out acceptance to that typically accepts close to three dozen <laughs> Or half a million this yeah. time. Or half a million. So, have, a big, um, have a big incoming class this year. The school, of course, followed up with an email less than 24 hours apologizing for the mistake. Um, it says that uh, actually only a handful of those on the prospect list had actually been admitted. The vast majority had not, nor had the vast majority of these students expressed an interest in the program. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, they were uh, sent an acceptance letter. That was um, getting accepted without even applying. That's awesome. <laughs> it was for the Clinical Leadership and Management Program in the College of Health Sciences. And uh, they quoted a, a senior from San Antonio, Texas, Mary Doherty, uh, she received the email and she says, I was like, mom, I just got accepted into the University of Kentucky. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you applied to the University of Kentucky. And I was like, oh, I did not. <laughs> Doherty told the station. <laughs> Other students said that they were uh, they never applied to University of Kentucky or even went on its website. Um Somebody, Aaron Esping, a senior from Georgia, said, I had to Google it just to make sure it was a real college because I've never heard of them. <laughs> Wait, she didn't, hasn't heard of them? That's I what mean, she said. It's the University of Kentucky. Like every state has a university of the state, you know? Like, I, so, uh, yeah, so 500,000. Can you imagine if everyone accepted and they had to like legally, like, adhere to that well, acceptance can you imagine the admissions officer who comes upon this issue and they're like uh we've got a problem well you're probably looking you're like oh man we sent out uh a hundred acceptances to these you know yeah. we're only supposed to give out 36 right, right. And then somebody probably came around and said are you sure it was only a hundred uh i see <laughs> Roughly 500,000. Well, have you guys seen this thing now that like, so when we applied, you know, cause we're a bunch of old guys, when we applied for college, like the college would send us a letter back cause we didn't have email and, and yes. it, you know, not, so we would get a letter in the they mail. And so you'd open up it the letter. up and they tucked it in one of those carrier pigeon pouches on the bird's <laughs> little leg. And then a bird right. flew and it was almost like Harry Potter. Sometimes it was an owl and they just dropped it on your porch. But and, so nowadays they, well, obviously they send out the emails and the, and the thing, thing now is, is like all of these high school seniors like will post on TikTok and Twitch and Twitter and all that stuff, like them opening their acceptance email or their acceptance acceptance uh they go to like a website to log in and then like you know instead of it being a letter saying like you're accepted it's like this big like flashy website with like fireworks and exciting things happening like it's like a gender reveal yeah right it's like a gender reveal for college or what if you're you know what if you're the admissions person working at the university of kentucky and you're scrolling tiktok and suddenly Every TikTok is just someone celebrating their admission to Kentucky, and they're like, "Hey, guy, did hey guys. you have a issue on anything?" Well, I uh, I feel sorry for the University of Kentucky having to tell uh, five hundred thousand people that they got accepted, yes. and then turn around and say, "Hey, four hundred thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine, <laughs> or you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Four hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and sixty four people or whatever it is yeah kind of crazy what, oh my what goodness so hilarious well thanks scoot we appreciate it when you uh, always bring us something interesting from the world of the internet well listen guys we will not be here next week we're off next week we'll be back the following week uh so you'll get a best of show next week that's exciting for you uh hopefully because we have a lot of bests right scoot like there's a lot of best i mean in our show. it's got to be hard to pick right i mean we are the number five ranked podcast about WVU sports. 
Uh, According to certain media outlets. The only media outlet that ranks WVU podcasts, by <laughs> I, I, I would say that uh, we are number one in a lot of people's hearts. Yes. Come on. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like our parents. Yes. Yeah. And, and right. I am very popular. Our spouses a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. I'm very popular it's in possible. my uh, location in West Virginia. Okay. Yes, definitely. Well, we'll have a best of show for everybody next week. Then we'll be back the following week to break down the WVU spring game, the gold blue game, which is Saturday, April 21st at 1 p.m. And that game is actually televised, guys. You can watch it if you pay $5 a month to ESPN because that game will be broadcast on ESPN Plus 1 p.m. on the 24th. So we'll break down that game afterwards uh, and a lot of other stuff. Hopefully in the two weeks that we take our break, there'll be a lot of changes in WVU basketball for the better. Somebody will come back, I'm hoping, maybe two or three guys. For the better, yes. All right, guys, well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also search for us on Facebook, Got Your Ears On. And we've got a great website that Johnson works very hard on, GotYourEarsOn.com. Definitely check that out as well. We'll be back next time, guys. Appreciate you listening. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. (laughs) 